Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about Monday Night Raw, especially the beginning with Seth Rollins and Dominic and the beating that Dominic took with that kendo stick. Welcome to the world of pro wrestling. And of course, the end with Randy Orton and Ric Flair. And could it lead to another Flair going up against Randy Orton? All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Listening back to that sound, Bully, and you talked about the emotion that Flair had. What even made it more believable? It wasn't over the top. Like, he didn't, it wasn't too much. It was, it was perfect. Flair played that role absolutely perfect last night. Uh, I completely agree. And Randy Orton as well. They both did. And this, I don't know, Dave, I'll go back a year and a half, maybe. I, you know, the conversation about Randy was Randy is so damn good. Unfortunately, Randy didn't have anybody as good, if not better, in the ring with. Randy had no level to work up to. That's one of the problems when you get to a certain level in the world of pro wrestling, that there's nobody left above you to make you better. There was nobody around to make Randy Orton better. There was nobody for Randy to work up to. Randy worked up to edge. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, my God, Bubba, what do you, you know, that, that's crazy. What do you mean? Trust me, Randy worked up to edge because Randy has a respect level for Edge's mind. And Edge would put things together that Randy would have to work up to. Randy would have to think about. Edge's, edge got Randy's mind going again. He kickstart Randy's mind. Edge kickstarted Randy's passion. I can see it. It might be a little bit more difficult for for fans who don't, you know, don't exactly know what to look for. That's not a knock or anything. I'm just guaranteeing you that Edge coming back is the boost, the kickstart that Randy needed. Now what does he do? Well, he's moving on to Drew. Now Drew's got to work up to Randy's level, but what do we do? If we're going to go to SummerSlam with Randy and Drew, we're going to need something. We're going to need Randy to do something. And last night, Randy worked up to Rick's level, just being in the ring with Rick. Randy was the dirtiest player in the game last night. 
I loved everything right until Drew came out. Because when Drew came out, I said to myself, where the hell was Drew for the, the, the minute the nut shot happened? This, uh, the, the two problems that I had last night in the beginning and the end of the show was people coming to the ring at the appropriate times. When you have something that's so real as Randy Orton and Ric Flair, you don't want to miss any beats. You want to connect all your dots. You want to connect them clean, and you want them to make complete sense. I don't want to be scratching my head going, come on. And last night I'm going, come on, where's Drew? Drew should have been there the second the nut shot happened. The second it happened. And then the banging on the plexiglass took took a, a bit of the moment away from me. I didn't need to hear that noise. Less is more. I didn't need to hear a bunch of people at ringside banging on plexiglass. Whether they were told to do that or not, I don't know. If they did it on their own, they need to be smartened up to never do it again. I want to feel the, the tension in the silence of Drew and Randy. I know I'm talking a lot, Dave, here. If you got anything you want to try, just Go, go, I, go. But you understand what I mean? I want to yeah. feel the tension. Well, that's why, like, we talked about this earlier with, with the first time we saw The Fiend and Alexa Bliss. I almost wish that, that they made no noise at all because you're caught up in the moment. It was almost like you're watching a movie, and you didn't need to hear the boos of the crowd. It's the same thing with last night because you mentioned, boy, I wish there was a crowd there, obviously. But the fact that there is no crowd, play to the strength that there is no crowd. Make no noise at all. It's almost better with no crowd because you don't know how a crowd is going to react. You know, it, I, I thought if that was in, a, in an arena full of 20,000 fans and you had some fans rooting for Randy or cheering on Randy, I think it would have ruined the moment. I like the fact that there was no crowd. Well, play up to the fact that there's no crowd. There was no need to bang on the plexiglass. And I think you're right, Bully, about Drew McIntyre. Listen, you need to see Drew McIntyre because Drew McIntyre is who Randy's going to face at SummerSlam. But I think you're right. Either he shows up right after the nut shot or you don't see Drew McIntyre at all. You end it with that punt, and then Drew McIntyre retaliates next week. Because him coming out so late, it, it, it questions, well, why didn't you come out You know, three minutes ago when the nut shot happened? It almost would have been better if Drew McIntyre didn't show up at all and you didn't see him until next week. It's, uh, it, it's these little things that make so much sense that help the storytelling. Like, I could just picture Drew McIntyre being backstage watching this entire thing on a monitor okay and drew sees the match and he's like okay well randy won that's my opponent at SummerSlam." and then drew hears randy tell rick <clears throat> no rick stick around i want to talk to you oh this is interesting i want to see what he has to say then drew hears the verbiage back and forth and drew might be whoa is randy gonna do what randy's gonna do like i could almost see drew inching closer to the curtain like, oh, I don't, I, I don't know about this. I might have to go out there and save Rick. And then all of a sudden, there's the hug, and Drew's like, oh, okay, everything's good. This is not my business anymore. I think I'm going to leave. And then there's the nut shot. Bang, Drew should have been right out. 
Once you get that nut shot, you got what you need. Now I need my hero to be there immediately to save the day. I don't want to be scratching my head going, where's my hero? And you can, you can always say, oh, well, maybe he was in his locker room and it took him a while to run to the ring and blah, blah, blah. No. You connect the dots the right way. Who was out there first, medical staff or Drew? I don't medical remember. Staff. I think it was medical staff was out there. Was it Drew? It was Drew. It was Drew. Okay. Okay. So at least yeah, he was, was out Drew. there before the medical staff. Yeah. I would have just liked to see it happen a little quicker. And when it comes to the noise, I wanted to act, like I said, I wanted to feel that uncomfortable silence between Randy and Drew. I almost would have rather have heard them breathing than hear people banging on plexiglass. When I hear people banging on plexiglass, it takes me out of the moment almost. And maybe it's just me, bully, but I would have, I couldn't hear because of the banging on the plexiglass. I couldn't hear what Randy was saying to Ric Flair. Like Ric Flair bent, you know, Randy bent down to Ric Flair, and he was like talking into his ear. And you can, you could tell he was saying something, but you couldn't make out what he was saying because of the banging on the plexiglass. Like I would have loved to hear what Randy was saying to Ric Flair because I could not hear it. Maybe somebody else could hear it or had their uh, closed captions on or something that would been able to make it out. I couldn't make it out because it was almost like, damn it, I w- stop the banging. I want to hear what Randy's saying to Rick. Those things aside, because again, you do need Drew because that's, that's the match. Those things aside, it was, that, that was magic. I mean, I, I watched it again this morning. Like, the inter- interaction between the two. I mean, you know, Mark and I talk about it. Mark and I did a show about Randy Orton about a year or so ago. Like, Randy Orton's on another level, man. He really, he really, really is. And to say that Randy's doing the best work of his career, that's telling you something because. Bully, I think you would agree. Randy Orton was the first ballot Hall of Famer before the storyline with Edge. But that storyline with Edge and now what he's doing towards SummerSlam with Drew and, and with Rick, I mean, I, I really do believe he's doing the best work of his career, especially on the microphone. Uh, Randy has been like, a, it's next level shit. That's what, you know, that, that's what it is. And he needed somebody to get him to that next level because you can't get yourself to that next level. I'll I'll just use a a personal experience real quick. In TNA, when I got to do the whole, you know, bully thing, Sting and Hogan, that was my next level. I needed that. I had never been in the ring with guys at that level before. I would salivate when I had to go out there and be on the microphone with Hulk. Because I just wanted to go for his jugular every single minute. I wanted to be better than him on the microphone. I wanted to have more of a presence than him in the ring. I wanted to work up to Hulk Hogan's level. When I was in the ring with Sting, I wanted to work up to Sting's level. It, when you get to a certain point and you don't see anybody above you that you can learn something from or pull something out of you, you kind of become that guy who has to do it for everybody else. After a while, that gets passe, and you start to get a little stale. That's what was happening with Randy. You saw him in there with the ricochets, and then this guy, and then this guy, and yeah, Randy's doing a great job, but they're all working up to Randy's level. How does Randy get to Ric Flair level? Well, you get Randy in the ring with Ric Flair. You get Randy in the ring with an edge, somebody whose mind he respects, and that's why you're getting all this greatness out of Randy. He's working up. 
He's playing up. He doesn't have to stay where he is or play down. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Just minutes ago, Bully, Charlotte Flair sent out a tweet of her with her dad. You know, Charlotte as a child with her dad and her dad watching over her. And it made me think of what Rick said to Randy last night about almost like, you know, his son. And then, you know, you see Charlotte with her dad in that picture that she sent out this morning. Obviously, Bully, we've had many a conversation. I mean, we did a whole show about the possibilities when it comes to Charlotte and Randy. What do you think about what happened last night? And what do you think about what we saw with that tweet from Charlotte? And again, you know, the son you never had from Randy from Raw last night. So are they connecting some dots here, Bully? If you want to plant a tree or plant a garden or plant something that you want to grow and live, what's the very first thing you got to do, Dave? You got you to gotta plant seed. And then the seed needs some air. It needs some sunlight. It needs some water. But what does it need most of all before it grows into a tree or into a flower or into a plant? It needs time. And if you plant that seed the right way from day one and you water it the right way and you give it the time that it needs to bloom correctly... You're going to have one hell of a nice tree. That's what they're doing with this story. They planted the seed a long time ago. And it's not that I told you so, but I've been saying for a while now, Charlotte versus Randy can work. If Chris Jericho and China or Jeff Jarrett and China can work 20 years ago, Randy Orton and, and, and Charlotte Flair can work today. Especially with the story. Especially after what happened last night. So I think they're taking their time with it. I think they're playing it the right way. I think eventually we're going to get it. If, if we don't get it, they're fools. Would you agree with that or not? I don't know where else they could go. I mean, where else can they go with Randy Orton, especially after what we saw last night? Let me, let, me ask you, let me ask you the question this way. Based on what we've seen all the way leading up to last night, as a fan, do you want to see Charlotte versus Randy? Yes. There you go. Now you want it. Now It doesn't feel force-fed. And what does Charlotte feel a lot? Force-fed. Forced, yes. Right. And this adds another wrinkle to Charlotte. Charlotte needs another wrinkle. If Charlotte just comes back, the fans are not going to be happy because now they're going to say, well, look at all the stuff that happened while Charlotte was gone. We saw the emergence of Sasha and and Bianca Belair. And and then Charlotte comes back. They're like, oh, she has to come back with some kind of a new wrinkle. Has to. Now, instead of people going, ugh, Charlotte's back, they're going, yes, Charlotte's back because the baby face is coming back to right the wrong. The baby face is coming in to make the save, to do something right. And in this case, the baby face is the son 
that Rick didn't have. The wrestling son that Rick didn't have. David gave it a shot. It didn't work out. Unfortunately, Reed passed away. Charlotte is the one. Charlotte is the chosen one. And it's weird how life happens sometimes. And they took real life last night and they put it into the story. When I hear Randy talking about, you know, you never had, you know, uh, I'm the son or the, the son that you never had, knowing what happened in real life with Reed in Japan, you almost feel the knife go into your own heart. And then you feel Randy twisting it. When, that's, when that stuff resonates like that, that is pro wrestling at its finest because they are now toying with your emotions. There's no moves involved. There's no super kicks and Canadian destroyers. None of that stuff means a damn thing. Last night, you're so invested that you're saying to yourself, or at least I'm saying to myself, I can't wait till Charlotte comes back because I just want to see Charlotte stand up in Randy's face and defend her father. I don't care if Charlotte gets her ass kicked from here to next Tuesday. I want to see her stand up for her dad just because all of the things that Randy Orton said were scumbagish. It really was. And, and, and you have to go back to what we're going to see at SummerSlam. I didn't think we were going to see what we saw with Flair and Orton last night. I thought that was going to happen after SummerSlam because I'm thinking Drew McIntyre is going to retain this championship bully and he's going to need somebody to blame and he's going to blame Ric Flair. So that confrontation was going to happen the Raw after SummerSlam. The fact that it happened last night, Leads me to believe we have to see Charlotte because what's going to happen at SummerSlam, Bully? Is is Randy Orton really going to beat Drew McIntyre for this WWE Championship? Something there. When we talk about another wrinkle, another wrinkle has to happen when we get to SummerSlam between Drew and Randy. I do not believe at all that Charlotte and Randy need to wrestle for a championship. There is, a, this is a blood feud boiling without minus the blood. Although if there was some blood, it'd be really, really intriguing. Um, I think this is an opportunity for Drew to get an incredibly credible win over Randy and for the story to pick up the night after SummerSlam. Now, whether they go to it that quick or not, I have no idea. But they're going to need something promotable for Survivor Series because that's the next big one. Right? Yeah, I mean, you, I, I, I listen. Man, do you, with, with the way things are, are you really holding Charlotte off until the Rumble? Could you, could you plant a seed the night after SummerSlam that could grow to a tree by the Rumble? See, it's a long time away. It that is. is a long, long time. And after what happened last night, I need to see somebody come to Ric Flair's rescue. Drew did, okay, fine, great. But in, in doing that, last night was so great between Randy and Rick, I almost want to see Charlotte and not necessarily Drew. Now, I know Charlotte's not around. I know Drew is the knight in shining on armor. And I'm, and I'm into Drew versus Randy. But if you told me right, right, right now that you were giving me Charlotte versus Randy at SummerSlam instead of Drew versus Randy, I'm on board. Oh, That's yeah. how emotionally invested I was last night. 
So they did such a great job last night that they almost make me want to see Charlotte come back. And that's the problem, but that's the problem, Bully. And this is not this is not a knock on Drew McIntyre. We love Drew McIntyre. Not at all. Not at all. But 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 Drew McIntyre, that that could have been anybody in Drew McIntyre's spot last night. Think about it. There's no history with Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. There's no history with Drew McIntyre and the Nature Boy Ric Flair. You, you know, he's he's a missing piece of the puzzle because they're having a match at SummerSlam. But when he came out to, see, to, to, to save Flair, late, by the way, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, the magic already happened. Now, do I want to see Randy Orton get his ass kicked? Yeah, by Drew McIntyre or anybody else. But if we're going to really complete this story, if there is going to be a fitting end to this book, it's I'm sorry, it's not Drew McIntyre or anybody else that's on this roster. It has to be Charlotte Flair. There is no other logical outcome than Charlotte Flair. Because think about it. Listen, Edge is gone. So you know what? We're not going to see Ed- We're going to see Charlotte Long before we, the next time we see Edge. So, to me, and you were talking about Charlotte even before that. I don't know about that, though. I don't know if we're going to see Charlotte long before we see Edge. When I do we, we see m- Charlotte? But, I, so on, I've, I've read some reports that she's due back after SummerSlam. I've, I've read some reports where she's not going to be back to the Rumble, which means that nobody really knows how long Charlotte's going to be gone. If Char- let's just say that Charlotte is going to be gone until the Rumble. Uh-huh. You you can bring Edge back the night after SummerSlam and you can do Randy Edge 3 and then get to Charlotte. But then but but still and 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 again, the Edge or and stuff was incredible. I want to see Charlotte. You you could bring Edge back. You could have another story. You could have, you know, part three with Edge and Randy Orton. I'm sorry. It doesn't equal up to Charlotte Flair now because now this is personal. Just like having Beth Phoenix involved in the story before their matchup, you know, their matchup, their match number two, the greatest wrestling match of all time, that made it personal. So I wanted to see that match, even though we had already seen it before, uh, with the last man standing match. Now, after what I saw with Ric Flair, because, because, Bully, I think there's a lot of fans out there like me. Ric Flair is a wrestling god. To me, he's the greatest of all time. He gave him a nut shot and he punted him in the head. So it'd be great to see Edge. Because now, this supersedes anything with Edge. This is, this is the guy that's the, you know, on, the, on top of Mount Rushmore. This is the greatest the only logical person to put into the ring with Randy Orton after what I saw last night is Charlotte Flair. And nobody, nobody can tell me anything differently than that. I, I agree. I'm just telling you that if Charlotte was being held off until the Rumble, they could bring Edge back. You could get Edge and Orton. There is, there is somebody in there that stretches this out and gives it time. No matter what way they go, I want to see Charlotte versus Randy. And I hope they string me along the right way. If you're gonna, t- if you told me right now, Bubba, we're gonna give you Charlotte versus Randy at I don't know, let's just say the Rumble or at WrestleMania, because te- to, if if you want 
complete honesty, Charlotte versus Randy is a WrestleMania match. It is. That is a WrestleMania match because that is a promotable, you know, like first time ever intergender because I don't think China wrestled uh, Jeff Jarrett or Chris Jericho it's, at it's WrestleMania. It's not the same. This is, right. I, I know no disrespect to, to China. This is on another level. Yes. Okay. So, but if you told me we're holding it off till then, my answer would be, I have no problem with that, but you better have eight months of story to get me there. And don't have me scratching my head and don't ha- don't disinterest me. Meaning, don't jump the shark. Yeah. You got to, as long as the story's there, I'll stay on board forever as long as you're peppering in the right bullet points, the right, uh, you know, uh, uh, connecting of the dots. Hey, listen, they promoted The Rock and John Cena for an entire year before they met at WrestleMania. You know, can they do Charlotte and Randy Orton for seven or eight months? And here's another thing, too, Bully. And for all the Charlotte haters out there, and Bully, you've said it, like, I, un- you understood a lot of it. She was force-fed. She was on every single show for months and months. You understand some of the angst that fans had for Charlotte Flair. But I'm telling you right now, all the Charlotte haters, take off the Charlotte hating hat right now. Because just look at the story. Make it personal as a fan. Look at what happened last night to Ric Flair. Look at the relationship between Rick and Charlotte. Notice how good Charlotte Flair is. Respect Charlotte for how good she is. Please. You can think she was force-fed, but you cannot disrespect how good she is athletically in the ring. And then look at Randy Orton. So, listen, you're getting what you want. You saw the emergence of Sasha. You're seeing Bianca Belair now. All the people and all the wrestlers that we wanted to see, they're being highlighted. Bailey, everybody else. Everybody's getting their opportunity. Everyone getting their shine and they will still do it because this has nothing to do with the women's division in the wwe so take off the hater hat and really buy into a story nowadays it's hard to buy into stories this is one you can buy into dan patrick radio is sirius xm's home for australian rules football Australian media icon Eddie Maguire for Aussie Football Rules America as he brings you the latest celebrity chats, tips and expert analysis of Australian football. Then stay tuned for the Aussie Rules Game of the Week. Kick the goal and Fremantle win it after the siren. It all starts Thursday at 6pm Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and the Sirius XM app. Bully, we talked a lot about the ending of Monday Night Raw and how that could propel us to WrestleMania 37. But let's talk about what we're going to see at SummerSlam in the beginning of Monday Night Raw, and that's Seth Rollins and Dominic. Before we get into Dominic, let's talk about Seth Rollins because I thought Seth Rollins, since he's been the Monday Night Messiah, never really got it. Didn't understand what he was doing, didn't understand the angle, didn't really understand the story. You know, he kind of talked about, hey, you know, when I was the champion, when I beat Brock Lesnar, I went from being everyone's hero to everyone's villain. Nobody liked me. Nobody understood me. I got crap for everything I did. I became this because of you. So I really liked the promo 
from Seth Rollins, but I think what everyone is going to remember from last night is the physicality with Dominic. And you tweeted out about Dominic as well. I mean, man, did that poor kid take a beating last night on Raw? The way I see it, everybody takes a beating sometimes. <laughs> Listen, I tweeted about Dominic because he really he sucked it up. He took it like a pro. He wasn't even able to cover up because his hands were, you know, crucified in the ropes. Taking those chi- taking those kendo shots to the back is one thing. Taking those kendo shots on the stomach and the chest, different level of pain. That shit stings, and it stings real bad. And if you take a look at Dominic's back and front this morning, he is welted up. Kid put his body on the line for the story. That 23-year-old helped get Seth over with Seth's maniacal um, um, wanting to inflict pain on the child of Rey Mysterio. I love stories like that. I love angles like that because it forces people to to be emotionally invested in a storyline. It's obviously not the first time we've seen that done. It's been done a couple of times in hit wrestling history. If you do it with the right people, it works very well. I thought Seth and Dominic were the right people last night, especially because it was Dominic who brought the kendo stick out with him. I don't, need, I don't think I needed to see five kendo sticks, and I think I would have liked to have seen it develop a little slower. I think I would have liked to see it been a little bit methodical that's just my opinion. Hats off to Dominic for taking one of the best ass kickings with a kendo stick or period I've ever seen. You, you know, in the wrestling business, Dave, we, we hear the term paying your dues. And Seth actually said it out loud in that last night about now ah, you're really paying your dues. Paying your dues is physically. Paying your dues is mentally. Paying your dues is being on the road. Paying your dues is for driving 500 miles for 50 bucks. There's a, different, a lot of different ways you pay your dues in the wrestling business. Last night, Dominic paid his dues because he got lumped up and he got lumped up good. And if Dominic has a similar career as his father, this would be something that they can always go back and, and you know look, on, look back on as a defining moment for him. Much like the Drew McIntyre situation at the end of the show, I had a bigger problem uh, in the beginning of the show. Drew McIntyre came out and made the save, although albeit a little late. Nobody, not one freaking person, even remotely came down to the ring to help the child of Rey Mysterio, a man who is beloved in the wrestling business. You probably can't find somebody that would say something bad about Rey out loud. If they thought it, they'd probably just whisper it. Rey is loved. Dominic is loved. 
and nobody even tries to stand in front of Seth. Nobody, not a referee, not an official, not, not agents, not a, not a nobody even remotely comes out. That's a disconnect. I loved everything I saw. It worked. It worked on all levels. But why couldn't you send out a couple of guys to try to save Dominic and have them get caned also? Why couldn't you send out, I, I don't know, pick a name. That name comes out, he gets kendoed, curb stomp, boom, right back to Dominic. At least you're showing me that some people in the locker room care. We get referees running down all the time to help people. Where was the medical staff to help Dominic that was there to help Ric Flair? And, and you had Murphy there, so you could have somebody come running out and Murphy could take care of him or distract him or something else. So you had that there. It's hard. It's difficult because you needed to do that segment. You needed to get Dominic over. You needed to get people emotionally invested in the match. Because I got to be honest with you, Bully, up until last night, I, I, it's sad to say I wasn't invested in this match at all at SummerSlam. I am now because of that segment. So you needed to have that happen. But logically, you're right, Bully. How is no one coming out to try to save Dominic? Because that didn't happen for 5, 10, 50. That went on forever to the point it was hard to watch because that went on for so long. Yet nobody came out to help Dominic. All they would have had to do was this, Dave. Murphy throws in all the kendo sticks and Seth tells Murphy, Go stand at the bottom of the ramp. Nobody gets near this ring. Murphy takes two kendo sticks, stands at the bottom of the ramp. He's heading off the pass. And now you could send a bunch of people out on the stage. Ref, you could send 10 referees, a couple of the boys, and Murphy is just swinging wildly. At least you're showing the intent that somebody is trying to come down and make the save, but they can't get past Murphy because they don't want to get whacked in the face with a kendo stick. They're basically, Murphy's basically holding everybody hostage. And then Seth could even stop and look at them and they, you tell them one more step, the kid gets it across his face. That's all you had to do. And now it makes sense. It's a hostage situation. And don't tell me that you're afraid to do a hostage situation scenario because you're basically doing Antifa right now. That was the disconnect for me. I don't know how other fans felt about it. I know with the WWE, they don't like to take the focus off of the the, the story. I don't think that takes the focus off the story. I think it adds to the story because... There's no way in hell nobody's going to help. And the biggest problem with the whole segment, which they tried so hard to cover up, but it didn't work for me, was Samoa Joe. Where the frick was Joe? Especially since you saw Joe at the beginning for the contract sign. Correct. And Joe has stood up in Seth's face already. You saw Joe at the beginning of the contract. And then Joe said, if I wasn't handcuffed to this desk, if I wasn't... I think he mentioned something about getting fired or getting in trouble or whatever it was. I don't know. The Samoa Joe I know wouldn't care about that. He would have at least got up and yelled, please, Seth, stop anything. Any of these little things that they could have thrown in there 
to show that somebody gave a rat's ass about Dominic. Even if they're just waving their hands in the air going, please, Seth, stop. Anything. We got nothing. To me, that doesn't make sense. But I'm not going to let that take away the great job that Seth and Dominic did last night and the fact that Dominic was a freaking warrior, took it like a man, mad respect for the kid for putting his body on the line, sucking it up and take it. Those shots to the gut, Dave, that soft skin you have yeah. around your Oof. stomach area is very, very sensitive. I know Tommy has more soft skin than me and you, but trust me, there's that soft skin is sensitive. And when you get, I'm telling you, that kid is, that kid is hurting this morning. He's hurting. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. But the one thing I want to get into right now, go ahead. If there's something you wanted to add, please. The, the whole thing with retribution is I know it's part of the show. Don't tell me it's part of the show. Make it seem like it's not part of the show. You know what I mean, Dave? Yeah. I, I, I'm going to take, you, I'm gonna take you back to the Enzo interview. When Enzo and Kaz did the run-in in MSG, was it, was it filmed? No. Why? Because they wanted you to believe that they were doing this on their own. Retribution, they should breathe no life into retribution. There shouldn't be packages on it. There shouldn't be anything. It should be such a mystery that people are tuning in to see, are these people going to hit again? The last thing the WWE would want to do is breathe life into something so inherently negative as a bunch of rogues trying to destroy the performance center and shut their place down. That's what Antifa is trying to do. Infiltrate police uh, stations, destroy them and shut them down. Why would the WWE breathe life into it? That's how you, br- that's how you suck me in. That's how you make me believe it's real. But if you talk about it, now it's just an, an act that's part of your show. Don't talk about it until the reveal happens. If you're going to go with it, go all the way with it. Exactly. When, you, when you're doing something like that, you can't tippy-toe. Again, I, 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 I hate repeating myself, but having John in that awful segment with John Morrison and The Miz on Friday, why is John Morrison mentioning retribution? You know, the lights, you know, the mic was, you know, going out and the lights flickered. And he's like, oh, Retribution isn't scheduled to come on the show today. They were, they're only supposed to go on Monday Night Raw. Why? Why is John Morrison saying it's screaming? First of all, it's screaming that it's part of the show. And it's also screaming that you're going to see them before the show is over. Now, you mentioned it, Bully. Well, well, maybe that's the intention to keep people to to stick around and and to see what happens. But now I know definitively that this is part of the show. There isn't some kind of group of fans that have had enough with horrible WWE programming that they're trying to, like, shut down the WWE. And by the way, Bully, what else could it be? Like, 
if it's if it's not wrestlers and it's not another wrestling company and like what is, what could this group possibly be and why would they want to destroy the WWE? Uh, let's just say it's a bunch of disgruntled employees who got let go from the Stanford office. They're not going to wrestle. They're not going to fight. Who is going to be the actual one that stands up and fight for this rogue group? That's why it's got, it has to be rogue wrestlers in some way, shape, or form. Former Nexus guys, maybe. Evolve guys and gals who don't think that they're getting their... You know, the whole Evolve thing is really out of left field, but maybe disgruntled NXT people, but who? Yeah. Uh, like, I hope they do a really great job of uh, of coming up with a story as to who these people are and why they're doing what they're doing. Could it have anything to do with Raw Underground? Um, Sure, but, but what? Raw Underground is getting as much publicity as anybody else on the show right now. What do, what's their gripe? Yeah, I mean, you know, other than the fact that it doesn't start on time, they keep promoting that it's going to be at 10 o'clock and it starts at 9.50. Other than that, you know, there's nothing to be disgruntled about. The only part of Raw Underground that would make sense to me when it comes to retribution would be Shane McMahon being the head of this faction. If anybody would be looking for retribution and wanting to destroy things, it would be Shane. And the real-life story is Hunter and Dad. Yeah. Because it always seems like Shane, Shane gets passed over, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, always. Maybe there's your retribution story. I mean, we'll find out. But, but again, Bully, I need to, I'm going to keep tuning in because I, I, I need to know why. And, you know, I, I have to have those, you know, those questions answered. We got a one question answered last night, and that is Asuka is going to get that championship title match against Sasha Banks at SummerSlam for the Royal Women's Championship. The road that she had to take to get there is an interesting one, Bully, because she had to beat Bailey, who's your SmackDown Women's Champion, in order to get to Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship. That's kind of interesting to me, is that Asuka beats Bailey, who's your SmackDown Women's Champion, in order to get a championship match for the Raw Women's Championship. To me... She's got more of a gripe with Bailey than she does with Sasha because it was Bailey that attacked Sane. And to me, if I'm Asuka, I'm like, I want to beat the beat the shit out of Bailey. And honestly, like if 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 I'm Asuka, I'm like, why am I not SmackDown women's champion? I just beat Bailey, you know. I'm, I, you know, I'm one of the best women's wrestlers in the company. It's an interesting road that she had to take in order to get Sasha Banks. And to me, the story's more about Bailey and Sasha anyway, especially after what happened to her best friend. You know what's even more puzzling to me, Dave? What's that? Do you remember last week when Asuka came to the ring and hit Bailey from behind? Or, 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 or uh, was it Sasha? And they DQ'd the match? Yes. Two, two people on the outside, and they DQ'd the match? Yeah, they weren't even involved in the match at all. How come the referee didn't DQ Umberto versus Seth when Dominic hit uh, uh, the guy in the leg yeah. with the cane? 
Yeah, because, you know, again, logic and connecting the dots. <laughs> Why, you know, in the history of pro wrestling, what is that he ever happened? <laughs> no, I know. Well, in the history of pro wrestling, Bully, when has that ever happened? We've seen that. How many times have we seen distractions and you distracted me? And what? I mean, the whole st- you have, you know, a disqualification when two non-participants are battling it out outside the ring. But then the whole story is Asuka had to go sa- save Sane, so she had to give up her championship opportunity to save Sane, who's gonna be- who's being attacked in the back. And then she gets counted out for trying to save her best friend. None of and it makes sense. And then she tweets sense. three minutes later. <laughs> and then I get, and you get killed for saying, how could you do that? Sane's leaving. Oh, give her her, give her her tweet. All the Carrie Sane fans were triggered. I'm a little lost in this whole thing because th- this girl, she she should be mad at her, but she beat her, and then this guy came around the back because the other two called him, and then she beat him, and then you know, this the, to me, bully to me, the story is Oscar and Bailey. Oscar did could give two shits about that Raw Women's Championship. She didn't care. My best friend is getting her ass kicked by Bailey in the back. So you know what? This championship title means shit to me because I'm going to go help my best friend who's getting her ass kicked by Bailey. But yet, I don't think throwing- it, I don't know. Nah, I don't think that the title mean doesn't mean anything to her. I just think that that her best friend meant more. So to me, the story's about Bailey, not Sasha. So, I mean, Dave, you got to stop what you're doing right now. You see what you're doing. You're applying. What's that word? Uh, Logic. Oh, there it is. And the fact that (laughs) Bailey is SmackDown Women's Champion. So that's saying, all right, all right, I'm going to be Bailey, who's your SmackDown Women's Champion. How about just have Asuka go after Bailey because then she gets two for two. She gets to get her hands on Bailey, who beat the shit out of her best friend, made her retire. And then in the process, can win a championship. Now you just dangle the carrot. Here's Bailey. Oh, yeah, she's champion, by the way. But this is just a carrot to get back to Sasha, who weeks ago didn't care about to go save her friend Sane in the back. It makes, it makes no logical sense at all. At all. I want to give, I'm sorry, I I have something in my head, I have to get it out here, and I'm going back to the whole retribution thing. Could retribution be wrestlers that got tryouts with WWE and never made it? That I kind of like. All right, I like it, but why take it out on the poor camera people and the fans that are watching it? Those fans, those fans, by the way, who are NXT developmental wrestlers who haven't gotten their opportunity yet. So if if they're like, you know, um, you know, all right, they're throwing cocktails at the generator to set it on fire. Fine. You know, if they want to, like, you know, smash the performance center to me, it would be much better if they were attacking the, the the. the towers in Stanford, Connecticut, and vandalizing that and vandalizing the executive offices. 
I, I totally agree with you, Dave. I'm just trying to figure out who it could be and why. And I think that makes the most sense. I don't think they're going to go back to the Nexus stuff. But if these were wrestlers, both male and female, who had previous tryouts with the WWE, whether that's dark matches or whether they were they were down in NXT or got let go or given opportunities at the PC. Maybe there's a handful of wrestlers who had come through the WWE system with maybe a couple of known names that didn't make it or were shunned by the WWE or kicked to the side by the WWE who felt wronged. Maybe that's who they are. Well, I mean, let's look at the name. The name is Retribution. So they want to get back at the WWE for something. So they've had to be involved with something in the past, right? Mm. Like you mentioned, you mentioned Evolve. Like, all right, any wrestlers from Evolve now, all right, they want to they want to get themselves noticed. They haven't been hired, but but the name is Retribution. Retribution from what? From who? Well, if you if you if WWE dangles the carrot at times, yes. And sometimes at the last minute, that carrot gets pulled away. Obviously not from Tommy. He eats a lot of carrots. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.